Well, welcome along to the penultimate extra time of the season here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV. It's gone pretty well for the Foxes uh, in the past week or so. Two wins against Norwich and Watford and two very good, strong wins against Norwich and Watford, which we'll talk about here on the show. We'll look ahead to the final games of the season, away to Chelsea and at home to Southampton. These guys will pick their men's player of the season and their men's goal of the season. That's the end of season awards tonight. Uh, and with the Premier League just a, a week away from finishing, these guys can pick maybe who they think will end up in, in certain positions as well. Uh, without further ado, let's introduce them. We've got a full house today, two former strikers, one former defender, Jerry Taggart, Tony Cotty and Ewan Roberts with us. Uh, Ewan, you were down at Vicarage Road, one of your old clubs, weren't you, on Sunday for us for LCFC Radio. Did you uh, enjoy going back there? Yeah, I always do. Uh, it's quite a close one for me, Dan. It's only two hours away from, from Norwich. Uh, and there's still still a few people at the club that were there, believe it or not, when I was there, sort of late 80s, early 90s. And it's a really friendly club. I, I always get a nice welcome. Uh, so it's always nice to go back. It's, I mean, it's always nice to go back to, obviously, 99% of your former clubs. <laughs> uh, I won't ask you which ones you don't want to go back to, Ewan. Uh, Jerry Taggart, how are, you, uh, how are you this morning? Yeah, very well done. Yeah, uh, enjoyed the game yesterday. Stroll in the park, I think they called it, or a walk in the park yesterday. Uh, so yeah, capped off a really good week, as you say, and you know things looking a, a lot brighter in in regards to the league table. Yeah, you did the game on Zoom, so I'm sure you went for a, a stroll in the park yourself, Jerry, which maybe ended at a pub yesterday evening. Uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony Cotty as well, that silence is deafening, Jerry. Uh, Tony, how are you? Uh, you've obviously been quite busy, jetting off a lot in the last couple of weeks, but. Uh, unfortunately, like Leicester, West Ham fell at, at, at the the last but one hurdle. Yeah, they did, Dan. And uh, I think I said on the show before I left, you know, I, I love to see as many teams in the final as possible. So, you know, really disappointed to see firstly Man City go out and then, of course, to see my two old clubs, West Ham and Leicester, go out. And then um, I made the trip to Frankfurt and then flew direct to Turkey. But I really need to sack my PA, Dan, because uh, whoever it was, uh, put my flights in for yesterday so of course I'm travelling yesterday landing at the same time all the games are kicking off which is oh, by the way I'm the PA so I've got to sack myself so it's, it wasn't a good I don't know what I was thinking but to fly on the last but one Sunday of the season wasn't a good idea but I did catch up the highlights and I was pleased to see both West Ham and Leicester getting really really good results yesterday. Yeah, we'll come on to those uh, results. Well, we'll come on to the Leicester one certainly straight away then, Tony. Obviously, you said uh, you've, you've seen the highlights. And, and as, as we said at the top of the show, as Jerry said, it's been a, a good week and a, and a needed week, really. Two games, eight goals, six points. Brendan Rodgers will be a, a pretty happy man. Yeah, he will be, Dan. And I think we're at that stage of the season for Leicester. Of course, once you get knocked out of Europe, um, you then go into playing for pride. You go into playing for places for next season. You go into playing and impressing the manager and showing that you want to be a part of next season because every single Premier League club is going to regroup at the end of the season. There'll be players in, <coughs> excuse me, players out, and you know you want to be a part of that. So that's the the mode that Leicester have gone into. But you you know you can only but praise the players, Dan, which I've been doing all season. It's been a very difficult season, as we know, with all the injuries that we've spoke countless times about. But we've got the injured players back now, and you look at the results. You know, really good result against Norwich. And followed up with a, you know, what in the end was a very, very comfortable win against Watford. So no, nothing but praise to get six points, and you know, and and, and the target really is, is quite simple now, isn't it? To try and catch Wolves and and get into eighth position. Which bearing in mind all what's gone at the club in terms of injuries, 
I think will be a fantastic league placing. Yeah, well, a week ago, Jerry, you probably didn't expect Leicester would have been able to do that. But with those two wins and, and with the results that, that Wolves have had as well, that, that is very much possible and, and technically, actually, in, in Leicester's hands. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Obviously, Leicester would have two, two games left. Uh, Wolves were, were just the one, I think it is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and they've got to go to Liverpool on the last day of the season. Uh, the goal difference for Leicester is better as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it will obviously all go down to the last game of the season, I think. Well, yeah, well, obviously, well, or not. Uh, well, obviously, depending on the score on Thursday night, uh, first and foremost. But I, I, I strongly believe that Leicester can go to Chelsea and get something. <laughs> Chelsea haven't been in great form in the league uh, of recent. And those two results that Leicester have just pulled out of the bag uh, will mean that they'll go into that game you know, thinking, really believing that they can get something out of it. Which they can, Ewan. And, and Chelsea, they, they've had a really poor home record this season. We'll, we'll touch upon this game properly a little bit later. But just on, on this point, while we're on it, and while Leicester can potentially come eighth, Chelsea have, have <clears throat> been poor at home in 2022. They went all the way to penalties, of course, on Saturday in the FA Cup final. So it's a big chance for, for Brendan Rodgers and his side. It is. I mean, first and foremost, they've got, got to get over losing their third successive cup final in the manner that they did um, on, on Saturday evening. You know, like Dan, their home form hasn't been great. You know, Arsenal went there, put four past them. Madrid went there in the first leg and, and put three past them. Brentford went there and scored four at Stamford Bridge. And they've got two wins in Sen. So it's not, it's not a Chelsea side full of confidence. Completely the opposite to uh, this Leicester team now. You know, two games, eight goals. Uh, probably the season is coming to an end at just the wrong time with Leicester gaining all this momentum. But they will need it in, 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 in these next two games. And if they can get four points from, from you know, Chelsea and Southampton, and I fully expect the team to, to beat Southampton at the King Power uh, a week yesterday. If they get four points, I think they've got a great chance of of overtaking Wolves and finishing eighth. And, and what a season that will be when you reflect of all the pro- reflect back and all the problems that Brendan's had. How pleased will he be with the last couple of games, Ewan? Because, OK, albeit both Norwich and Watford were already relegated, but they still had to, to win those games and they won them both fairly convincingly. Well, it was comfortable, Dan. Uh, you know, you look at the first half against Norwich and Norwich came and had a go, to be fair. I think that's as good as they've played in recent weeks in that first half. But, um, you know, we, we spoke about the first goal in, in that game and when Leicester got it, it was just a matter of, of how many then. How many did Leicester want to go on? And, and, and you can only beat what's in front of you. And people, people will say, oh, there's no pressure on, on Norwich and, and Watford. They know their fate. And, and, and that is possibly true. But they're still two very, very poor teams. Um, I think... The good thing is, you know, I think it was it no wins in seven or no wins in eight before the Norwich game. So it was important that the lads brought an end to that disappointing run of, 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 of results. And, you know, you look at yesterday, it was a dominant display. The lads could have had a, had, a, had a few more, you know, OK, set back on four minutes when they conceded, conceded that goal. But it only took less than 12 minutes to, to equalise. And, and I thought that, that was key. And, and in the end, I think I look back at that second half, Dan, and really Leicester didn't really get out of second gear, to be fair. That's how comfortable a win an afternoon it was for them. 
Yeah, it was the definition, Jerry, of comfortable, particularly in that second half. Yeah, you know, I mean, you mean Watford had a few <clears throat> forays in the Leicester's half, and they, you know, they had a few shots on target. Danny Ward having to pull off a couple yeah. of good saves, but the reality is, Dan, sitting where I was sitting watching it, I never really thought Watford were going to score that second goal. Are, are, are the only way they were going to score a second goal is from the set peaks. And after conceding early on in the game, uh, they managed they managed to sort that out from every sub, subsequent set piece from from, uh, from Watford. So, yeah. And that's just a feeling I got throughout that second half. Even though Danny Ward was called in the action, I was never really under any concern that Watford were going to get back into the game. And the third goal, as you said, was, you know, just was a final nail in the coffin for them. Uh, there were some good individual standout performances, Tony Cotty, weren't there, from a, a Leicester point of view. James Madison, what was it, two assists and a goal. Jamie Vardy got a couple of goals. Harvey Barnes got a couple of goals. They're the types of players you want to see on the score sheet, aren't they, really? The, the, the attacking forward, exciting players. Hopefully they can all then take confidence into next season. Well, there's a lot to take from the game, without a doubt. <clears throat> and Brendan, Brendan will be delighted that the flair players produced. Um, you know, I agree with what the boys have been saying. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to judge exactly where Leicester are at this moment in time because they've played against two sort of relatively poor teams in the Premier League. And uh, you know, you look at both Norwich and Watford, and uh, you know, they they just it's just it's amazing at the moment because you've got teams that are too good for the Championship, just not good enough for the Premier League. And Fulham and Bournemouth, another example uh, of that. Sheffield United still got a chance. You know, teams that recently got relegated and they're almost coming straight back up. So big problems for those two clubs. But you can only beat what's in front of you. And when you when you do that, you've got to you've got to look at the negatives and you've got to look at the positive. On a negative, Brendan has got a massive problem with set pieces. We've been saying it all season. All three of us, Matt Elliott as well, whoever's been on the show, we've all been saying it. It is a massive problem and it's got to be sorted out for, for next season. Conceding goals, all right, it's against a poor Watford team. You know you're going to beat them. It's not really too much of an issue. But to get back to where Leicester were the season before and the season before that, trying to push for Champions League qualification, that has to be sorted out in the summer. Whether that means new players or new strategy, whatever it might, it's got to be sorted out. On the positive side, as you quite rightly said, Dan, you know, Harvey Barnes, fantastic. Madison, fantastic. Jamie Vardy, four goals in two games. You know, it, it, it's it's it, he never ceases to amaze me. He really doesn't. I mean, he's just it, the runs he makes, and it's you know the, the one run he, he runs sort of behind the defender. I can't remember if it was yesterday's game or the or what's the, the Norwich game as well. The highlights, just brilliant runs he makes, and it, it's a defender's nightmare. And he just looks so sharp and when he gets in the position. Now he's in one of those phases that Jamie goes through as a striker. That you know, me and Ewan would have been there. You have those phases, you know it's going in the back of the net. You don't, you don't even think about it. You just get in that position, you hit your shot or your header, you know it's going in and that's where he is at the moment. And all that is really positive news going into that important game on Thursday against Chelsea. Yeah, I guess Tony, one, well, one of the, the, the people who got in touch with the show yesterday sort of said that, imagine where Leicester would be if, if Jamie Vardy had been fit all season. Now, you obviously can't guarantee that players will be fit for all season, but you'd get the sense that Leicester would be higher up and, and we'd be talking about these games against Chelsea and Southampton probably in terms of European positions and where Leicester could potentially finish. That's how much they've missed Vardy in, in the amount of games that he has missed. Yeah, and the defensive problems, Dan, it's, 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 it's been a double whammy for the club, hasn't it? <laughs> if you lose your top defenders and you lose your top goal scorer, 
there's no there's no team in the Premier League that that can cope with that. And I include Liverpool, Man City as well. Look at Man City defensively yesterday with three centre halves out. It's it is very difficult for clubs. So you know the defensive side of things. Hopefully they're a little bit fit for next season. But but Jamie. Jamie's just got to be managed properly over the next couple of seasons. I still think he's got a good couple of seasons left in him. And I think what is really, really good, he's got a manager who understands the player, who wants to help the player and, and just get him in top fitness condition to play in matches. What he has done as well, the manager, which is great, he's got Pat Sandaka, he's got Inacho as well. Whether those two will both stay for next season, we don't know yet because things obviously change in the summer. But you need... Good backup for Jamie Vardy because you can't have that pressure. We all know how important he is and how good he is and how vital he is for Leicester. But you can't with the, you know, the week in week out football. All right, it's not going to be European football next year, but it's still it's still relentless stuff. League Cup, FA Cup, etc. You know, so you've got to manage him properly. And I think with Brendan as a manager, he will do that. And I think the Leicester fans can look forward to at least another couple of seasons of Jamie banging the goals in. He's been absolutely phenomenal over the last ten years. I can't praise him highly enough for what he's achieved with his career from Fleetwood, etc. And Premier League winner, FA Cup winner, scoring goals for England and Leicester. Absolutely brilliant. He's quite comfortably, Ewan, got the best minutes per goal ratio in the Premier League this season. I'm, 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 just, looking, I'm just looking at the list now. He's eighth top scorer. 14 goals in 23 appearances. Then you've got, you've got three above him on 15. De Bruyne, who's played 29 games. Jota played 33. Mane's got 33. Harry Kane's top, got two more goals than him, but he's played 13 more games. Obviously, you've got Ronaldo on, on 18. He's played 30. Um, Son's got 21 in 34, and Salah's got 22 in 34. Had, and it's a big, it's, it's a big if, I know. Had, had Jamie Vardy kept himself fit for the majority of, of the season and, and played the majority of the Premier League games, he wouldn't be fired off getting the golden boot again, I don't think. And, you know, we've spoken about it on numerous occasions, how do you replace Jamie Vardy? I think it's impossible. I think, I, I do, I think that's how hard a job it is for, 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 for Leicester to replace Vardy because you know, who's going to replace, you know, who replace Kane at Spurs? You know, Man City are still struggling to, to replace Aguero. You know, I know they've got Haaland in now and you know, we're yet to see what, what he's going to achieve in, in the Premier League. I just think it's it's an impossible job, you know. They've, they've brought Daka in, who's, who's had a very good first season. Iheanacho's been there for for a few seasons now, and I think there's still a bit more to come from him. But it's just it's an impossible job for 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 the centre forward to put up the numbers season in season out that Jamie Vardy has. It's an impossible job to replace him. Yeah, and, and you can see that, Jerry, can't you? When when he doesn't play, not that. Daka and Ianacho, when they come in, they do score goals. It's just, <clears throat> Jamie Vardy just strikes a fear, doesn't he, in, in opposition fans, in opposition defenders, that, that it immediately seems to put them on the back foot. That's the biggest issue, is his presence on a football pitch. How do, you, how do you replace that? How do you bring a player in? Just one player, and that's all it is at the end of the day, one player coming in and creating this presence, this this aura around himself that puts the fear of God into opposition defences. And that is, as much as his goals are, are vital for the club, it's just his on-field presence. And unfortunately, at the minute, the other two strikers at the club, and Ian Acho and Daka, just don't possess that 
that presence on a football pitch. And that's the big, one of the biggest issues that the club have, have moving forward into the future when he does eventually hang his boots up. Now, I'm not saying they can't get that presence, Ian Acho and Dakar, but <clears throat> you've got to say that Jamie Vardy will not play every game next season. And so he, he will be replaced for, for Premier League games. Or he will play an hour or he'll come off the bench uh, for half an hour, stuff like that there. So that is a, a big issue for Brendan and the rest of the staff moving forward. And Dakar, as, as we've spoken about, Tony, on, on this show, I know a number of times, has, has I think it's 13 goals that he's, he's scored, which for a debut season in the Premier League, when you're not used to the league, you've come from abroad, I think you've got to say that that is a good first season for, for someone like Patterson Dacca. Fantastic, Dan. And not playing regular football. Because the, the, the most important thing as a footballer, and the boys will agree with me on this, is to play regular football. You want to be in the team. You've got to play six, seven games on the trot just to get your match fitness and your sharpness. And, you know, he's been in and out of the team. Yes, a couple of times he's played consecutive games, etc. But, you know, I, mean, I know there was the four goals in the one game, but it's still a really good goals return from him and I've said I think there's potential there it's only potential there's potential there to eventually replace Jamie Vardy will he be Jamie Vardy no of course he won't he's going to be Pats and Dacker but they've I think there's signs I've, I don't know whether you and agree with me on this but I've seen, I've seen signs of him making those runs playing on the last shoulder of the defenders scoring goals you know He's got to learn the game. You've got to learn the Premier League. You, you don't learn it in one season. You know, if you come from abroad into the Premier League, very, very few players, and you can include Thierry Henry in that, very, very few players come and hit the ground running and absolutely sensational or do it consistently. They might have a good first season and not so good second season. It's very hard to be consistent in the Premier League. But potentially, and it's that keyword potentially, I think Leicester have got a really good signing in Patson Dacker. They've got to nurse him. While, while Jamie's about, he's probably going to work well because he'll still be learning his game. And he'll be, he'll be standing in training, watching the master finisher doing what he does and, and look, looking and learning from him. And, and when you play in the games, you try and take that in to the game. You try and do what Jamie Vardy's doing, but you also want to be your own player as well. So I think it, it's actually working quite well. The main thing for Brendan is to keep not only Patson Dacker happy, but to keep Ian Hatcho happy as well. Then you keep the pressure on Jamie Vardy. He sets the standards and the two boys are then trying to get in the team as well. But I'm, I'm quite excited about passing back for next season. I think he'll get more game time. And if he gets more than 13 goals, listen, no one's going to be arguing about that. They'll be more than happy at Leicester. Yeah, do you agree, Ewan? I've, I've, seen, I've seen enough of him to see that he's a threat. He knows where the goal is. Um, and You only have to look at his numbers from... Uh, Red Bull Salzburg to, to realise he knows where the back of the net. I think when he's not quite as as cute and as shrewd as Jamie Vardy is when he's got his back to goal. Don't think that's his strong point. And when you're playing that long striker, I think I think you have to be able to to have a defender right up against you. And and Jamie Vardy don't mind that. I look at I look at I look at Jamie. He's got that little bit of nastiness as well. He knows how to look after himself on the football pitch. He won't take any crap from, from whatever centre-half. I wouldn't say he's the biggest centre-forward. I think that's what I think that's what Dak has got, got to get into his game. And I think it'll come. He's, he's a young man. He's still learning. You know, he's, he's had a tremendous first 10, 11 months at, at his new club. He's settled in really well. There's, there's more to come. 
You know, and, and you can't argue with, with the numbers when he's not started as many games as, as, he, as he would have liked. Um, but yes, as, as I say, I think, I think he can, he can look, look, watch and learn so much in, in the next few months when, he, when he's watching Jamie Vardy train and play. Speaking of learning, I, I know they're different positions, Ewan, but Harvey Barnes, he gets into positions that forwards get into. That, that finish for his, was it his, his goal yesterday where he, he yeah. curls it around. He, we've seen him do that a lot, haven't we? Uh, open his body up, put it in the far corner. They're the types of things he can learn from Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I mean, his strength is... His strength. Are we talking about Pats and Dacca still, Dan? Sorry, Harvey Barnes. Oh, I mean... How many times have we seen Harvey do that from that left-hand side? You know, cut in and you know what he's going to do. He's going to try and bend it to the, the goalkeeper's left and he's, he's, he's outstanding uh, at doing, doing that. I look at Harvey now in his last two games. He looks like he's, he's getting back to, to his best. Um, you know, he's had a few injury problems. Um, let's say lost his way, just had a dip in form and that happens to, to, to everybody. I mean, his first goal yesterday, which killed the game basically after 17 seconds of, of the second half beginning. It's completely a mad, but it's a fantastic volley with his left foot. You know, and those aren't easy. People think, he's, OK, he's, he's unmarked, he should score, he's, what, eight yards out. But that, that comes to you so quickly, you haven't got much time to, 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 to react. You've got to get your body shape correct for you to you know, get, get good contact on, on the volley. He's a good player, Dan. He's a very, very good player. You know, he's, he's been in the England squad. I spoke to you yesterday and I, and I look at the two English boys in, in, in that Leicester team yesterday um, who, who, have had, who have had good seasons and are having, good finish, uh, who are having a good end to the season, James Madison and Harvey Barnes. Now, England have got some massive games coming up. They've got a World Cup in, in November and, and they want to be knocking on the door. They want to be part of of Gareth Southgate's, you know, 23-man squad, however much it is. And they've got to, they've got to keep performing as, as they have been. And if they will, you know, they won't be far off. You, you don't score goals like his first one, Jerry, do you, yesterday, without being a good player? A, a left-foot volley like that coming at mm. pace. Straight after the half-time break as well, which I, I don't know if that makes things more difficult, if your uh, concentration isn't quite there because you've just come back out. Yeah, I thought it was a good, uh, very, very good finish indeed. I, I spoke about it yesterday where <clears throat> uh, the ball, there was an option for him to take it on the half volley. Uh, and it's, for, well, you probably ask, uh, probably better off asking Tony and you in this, but I, in my opinion, it's easier when the ball's a little bit higher to hit it on the volley rather than when it's closer to the ground. The technique involved is probably a little bit easier uh, and the timing of it. Because you, it, it, you can be indecisive or you can decide, I'll tell you what, I'm going to hit this on the half volley or shall I just hit it on the volley when it's so close to the ground. It's a difficult skill in my mind. Uh, so, yeah, very, very good finish indeed from, from Harvey uh, for that. For, well, both of them were excellent finishes in fairness. But that was the player playing with confidence. That, that first goal just after halftime, that was a, a player who's full of confidence. And he showed that. I mean, he, he stuck his foot right through it. Great technique. Didn't phase him the head of the ball whatsoever. He's made his mind up early to take it on the ball, even though it was so close to the ground. Uh, and he got his rewards for being decisive. Was that the, the, the goal of the day, do you think, Tony, from a, a Leicester point of view, out of all five? 
Yeah, probably Dan. Um, yeah, Tag, Tags is right. It, it, is, it was is and was a difficult skill. Um, I think the the thing I would praise Harvey with is this this season where he's developed is his decision making, and I think that's key to yeah. Of course, confidence plays a big part in it. We all know that, but you you've still got to make the right decisions. You got you got to work out when the ball's coming over like that. How you go? How you're going to attack the ball? When you're going to attack the ball? Do you let it come onto you a little bit, or do you go full pace into it and do what he did? Just confident, get your foot through it. And the other goal as well, I mean, you know, his last goal where we've seen him do that so many times this season. And that's decision-making as well. And also getting your body in the right shape, in the right position to, to strike a goal. You see so many players, you know, continually in different leagues and different levels where they make the wrong decisions. And decision-making, it, it's split second as well. You don't get half a second or a second in the box. You get a split second. And you've got to make the right decision, which he did for his first goal. He made the right decision on how to finish it. And the second goal was about getting his body in the right position, opening up his body to give him the chance to whip it across the goalkeeper. Because again, some players, they just get square onto the ball. They end up, they can't hit it with their right foot or their left foot. Or some players, they let it go across their body onto their weaker foot. And you're thinking, what are you doing that for? Because you're a right-footed player. But he's playing with supreme confidence at the moment. And you know, some of his finishes this season have been absolutely fantastic. Again, another player that, that was out through injury and, if you add up all those injuries and all the games that have been missed by key players, key Leicester players, you know, there's a big argument. We've spoke about the defence. We've spoke about Jamie Vardy. You can speak about James Madison. But if you're picking your best Leicester team, surely Harvey Barnes is in that team. And he's a, you know, he's a fundamental aspect of what they try and do and their counter-attacking play and getting the goals as well. You know, I love him as a player. He really excites me. Uh, barring Kasper Schmeichel and, and Danny Ward, that change, Tony, it's probably as strong as Brendan Rodgers can, can possibly go yeah, yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, there was a couple of changes, weren't there? You know, but um, and obviously Kasper will come back into the team, but <clears throat> it was the right thing to do. I know Kasper, I, I can only imagine what Kasper was like in that dressing room. Yeah, he'd have been, come on down and all that sort of stuff. But inside, he <laughs> will be thinking, I've just played 149 games or whatever it is, and not, you know, and you've not played me sort of thing. <clears throat> and, you know, any footballer who says otherwise is telling absolute porky pies because we all want to play games. You know, if you're on a run, particularly as a goalkeeper, you know, if, you, if you're playing every single game, of course you want to play in all the games. But it was the right thing to do, you know, from the manager. And uh, I'm sure Casper will be back in goal on Thursday night. A game that I'm doing, Dan. I'm back in the commentary box and I'm looking forward to it uh, at Stamford Bridge on Thursday. Yeah, it'd be great to have you back, Tony. Uh, final point on the on the game yesterday, Ewan. A word for Danny Ward. Obviously, you know him uh, fairly well, don't you? You cover pretty much all of, of Wales's games. He's now Wales number one. So I'm sure you were pleased to, to see him back in there. Hmm. Is that I, a contentious, is it? Um, it is a little bit, Danny. He did play in the playoff game against Austria because obviously he had that knee injury that he picked up, hadn't he? So he missed that game. Um, Big Wayne came in and was outstanding on, on the night, to be fair. Hey, the plus point for us, we've got two top-class goalkeepers. You know, and Danny had made that, that, that position his own. He, he had, he's, he's had to be patient, as he has at Leicester. You know, Big Wayne's been tremendous for, for, for Wales. But he got his opportunity. I think he played the last few games in qualifications. He had a terrific Euros. Okay, conceded four against Denmark, but we were horrible against Denmark in the last 16. There was no fault for Danny. You know, against Switzerland, against Turkey, against Italy, he was outstanding. And he did have that number one shirt. But because he, he missed that game against Austria, 
it's a big decision to make. And do you know what, Dan? It, I'd be confident with either Danny or Wayne. In. It, it doesn't make much difference to me because neither have, have let us down when, uh, when they played. It's just amazing that, yes, there was his first Premier League appearance for, for, for the football club. And he, he didn't have a lot to do in that first half. Hardly anything to do. Um, and when, you, when you've been given a chance as a goalkeeper, you want to show what you're capable of. And I think he did that in, in the second half. He made some really good saves in, in that second half. Um, so, very similar to Wales. And, and I'll tell you what, what I noticed. after When the final whistle went, um, 99% of the Leicester fans went to, uh, to, the, to, to the Leicester fans, or Leicester players went to the Leicester fans to thank them for coming. Casper Schmeichel went straight off the bench and walked to the opposite goal to shake Danny Ward's hand. And I, and I think that tells you everything about Schmeichel as a teammate and as a person. Uh, right, we touched upon the, the Chelsea game a, a little bit earlier, Jerry, didn't we? And, and you seem relatively confident, then you, get going into that game on Thursday. I do. Uh, I say, you know, give, give you Chelsea's home stats in a minute. But obviously, their home form is good. Their, their form in general hasn't been great. Uh, they're missing a raft of players, to be fair, as well. So you, you see how it's affected them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as you said, Brentford went there and stuck four past them at Stamford Bridge, which was a major upset and a major shock. Obviously, Leicester, we, you know, you're talking about <clears throat> frailties for Leicester, which are obviously uh, from set pieces. And in, in Antonio Rudiger, Chelsea have someone who sort of, you know, curses Leicester from set pieces, shall we say. So it's obviously an issue going into that game. But as far as in general play and the general game, then, yeah, I feel pretty confident. Uh, having watched the last two games and having watched Jamie Vardy in particular, Madison, Barnes, all sort of stepping up, stepping up their levels. Uh, and if they bring that sort of those sort of levels into the game on Thursday night, then we're in for a cracker for sure. So yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident. Just a quick word on on that table again, and on on chasing wolves. You get the idea that three points will actually probably be enough in the last two games, Jerry, because yeah. of Wolves' yeah. last game, as you said at Anfield. The goal difference for Leicester is three goals better. So as long as they don't lose heavily in in either of the the, the two and win the other one, that that will that will probably be yeah. enough. Yeah, I know, and it's easy saying that. And obviously, you know, nothing's done and dusted. But, you know, if you're Brendan Rodgers, he'll, he'll be analysing, you know, every aspect of the league table. And he will understand, you know, four points, which I think is really gettable from the next two games. We'll obviously see them through. And even, as we said, a narrow defeat and then a win against uh, Southampton We'll do the same. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll lift them up that extra place. So, you know, it, there, there's a lot to play for. You know, it's only one spot, but it's still a lot to play for. You know, it really is. Uh, so, yeah, they've got to feel confident going into Thursday night's game. Nothing to fear, Dan, basically. Yes, it's Chelsea. They come with a reputation. You know, they've got global stars playing for them, but... They're not playing well together. It was a bit like going away to Manchester United a couple of months ago and thinking, yeah, we can get something here. But at the minute, they're just not clicking, Chelsea. Uh, so, yeah, they've got to feel confident. 
It is uh, an eight o'clock kickoff on Thursday. So join us for Match Day Live from 6.30. As Tony's just referenced, he'll be there on co-commentary <coughs> duty uh, doing Matt Elliott another favour, which uh, I know that will infuriate <laughs> Jerry Taggart. Um, before that, though, um, this evening, in fact, at King Power Stadium, it's the, uh, the end of season awards uh, for the Foxes. There's all sorts of awards uh, taking place from... Men's Player of the Season, to Women's Player of the Season, to Men's Goal of the Season, to Academy Players of the Season. There's so many awards that the Leicester fans have been able to vote for that that voting has now closed. But I've asked you three, well, Ewan did it last week on the show. So for those of you listening, obviously, last week you heard what Matt and uh, Ewan had to say. But now Tony and Jerry have get, got their turn. And um, Men's Player of the Season, I've asked you to pick out for us. Um, Tony Cotty, who have you, uh, who have you gone for? Oh, this is a tough one, Dan. And you put me on the spot as well about half hour ago. And <laughs> questions. So I've had loads of time to think about it. Um, <clears throat> what a difficult season to choose a player of the year because of the injuries. Without, I, I just feel like I keep saying about the injuries, but it's been so uh, sort of uh, just so upsetting for everyone at the club, the injuries. And it, as a result of that, you get players that normally are in contention, the likes I'm thinking straight away, I think of someone like Johnny Evans, for example, you know, Ricardo, players that are consistently good players on their game, you know, and, and even Yuri Tillemans, you could argue, you know, he had glimpses where he was playing really, really well, but um, perhaps not throughout the whole season. Um, we've had good performances from a lot of the attacking players and wide players, and, and then they get injured as well. Um, it's almost impossible to pick a defender as player of the year. Um, one person who I would give a mention to before I name my player of the year, who I think he deserves a mention because he played pretty much every game, and that's Casper. And I, I know Leicester have been vulnerable with the set pieces that we've spoken about, but I think to perform week in, week out, there's been some incredible saves from him. He's such a vital part of the team in terms of captaincy, etc., and telling the players what to do and where to go, etc. So I think he deserves a mention. Um, but the player I'm going to go for, I don't know whether this is a surprise or not. And I don't know. I've got no idea what Tags is going to say, by the way. But I'm going to go for Dewsbury Hall. And the reason for that is since he came into the team, uh, into the Premier League, I think he's been absolutely wonderful. He's been outstanding. I love his attitude to the game. Um, he's got more and more influential. Um, and uh, I'm struggling to think of someone. Uh, did he get the team in November, Dan? I think I'm right in saying November, wasn't it? I'm trying to think of someone over the last six months. I know he didn't play the first four months, which makes it a strange choice. I get that. But I'm trying to think of someone over the last six months who has been more consistent than Dewsbury Hall. Yes, there's been players at times who've had better games. I get that. But I think he's been fantastic. The fact that Brendan's played him every game, he's been playing week in, week out. Every Premier League game he's pretty much played. And I've really enjoyed watching him. So I, I, I've got no idea what Tags and Ewan said last week, what Jerry's going to say now. But for me, Jewsby Hall's my winner. Yeah, Matt Elliott said Jewsby Hall last week, didn't he, Ewan? Um, we'll reveal who you said when Jerry Taggart uh, has his go at, at the LCFC men's player of the season. Well, yeah, Tony's basically covered all bases there, really, as regards to the problem you have picking an one player out from the rest of the pack because it's been your top players have been out. You know, you know, Jimmy Vardy's come back and he's he's now joint top goal scorer in all competitions for the season. Casper's played every game. I totally agree. You know, Casper's right up there for me uh, because of the he has been available every game and some of the vital saves. He 
You know, mate, even even against Norwich on in midweek, is save from Pookie in that first half. Uh, that's an incredible save. And it sort of goes under the radar because Jamie scores two goals. But that, I think that was at nil-nil, uh, that save, where the one he comes out and blocks at first and then it falls to Pookie and Pookie hits it with his left foot and he just dives on it and gets a really strong hand. Incredible save in a game with not a lot on it. Uh, and Dewsbury Hall as well. But I'm not going for either of them, Dan. Oh, go on then, Sex. <laughs> I'm going to give it to James Madison. Because James Madison, again, joint top scorer, 16 goals in all competitions this season. Uh, and has sort of carried the candle, if you want, when the other players haven't been on form or, have, or haven't been available. And especially in Europe, and some of the free kicks he scored, some of the goals he scored, some of the link-up play, I think has been, been magnificent. And obviously it's been his best goal return, I think. Uh, I'm right in saying you in, in his career this season. Uh, so you will obviously pick me up if I'm wrong, but I think 16 goals is his best return in the season. So that's why I'm going to give it to James Mann. But very, 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 very close. I mean, seriously, Tuesby Hall, Casper Schmeichel, yeah, but I think he's been the he's been the main man when the likes of your Jamie Vardy's or your Telemans haven't been playing on top of the game or haven't been available, uh, and the likes of your Evanses and, and players like that. He's he's been the the go to man. Yeah, it's his first season that he's reached double figures in the Premier League with with ten goals. He's got seven assists as well in the Premier League, as Joe said, sixteen goals in all competitions. I think it is. General consensus is either James Madison or Kiernan Drewsbury Hall. Ewan, you said Madison last week, didn't you? Matt said Kiernan Drewsbury Hall last week. So yeah. there's two votes so again, there you uh, go. For, for each of those, which, which sort of underlines it. You get the sense that if James Madison does win the men's player of the season, Kiernan Drewsbury Hall will almost guaranteed win the young player of the season. So, yeah. um, what, goes about saying, Dan. Goes yeah. about saying Drewsbury Hall wins young player of the year. Yeah. And if he doesn't, I mean... Where's everybody been for the last six or seven months? <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll find out this evening. You can uh, follow it all on, on the LCFC social media accounts and, of course, lcfc.com. Uh, very quickly, we'll get you to pick your goal of the season as well. The nominations, Tielemans, uh, his two goals either against Manchester United or against Brentford. Harvey Barnes against Leeds. Dewsbury Hall in Napoli. Madison against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. His first goal as well against Randers. Uh, All Brighton against Wren, and then the Castagna and Madison double against Brentford, and Keenan Drewsbury Hall uh, against Crystal Palace as well. Ewan, which one did you pick last week, quickly? Well, I, I sort of did change my mind from earlier in the season when I was asked the question, which one was the better goal from Yuri Tillemans? I mean, I really enjoyed the one against Man U, but having seen that strike at Brentford time and time again, that's got to win it for me. And do you know what, Dan? It's not an easy competition to judge because the, the standard of goals from Leicester City this year has been unbelievable. Yeah, Jerry, I'll let Tony go first this time so Tony can go yeah. second so you can pick your goal of the season for us, please. Who me? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I was at Leeds when Harvey Barnes banged that one in and I thought then, you know, that is right up there. Uh, and I thought that would have a chance. But, you know, when you've got two nominations... I suppose, and both goals 
are incredible strikes. Uh, then I think Yuri Tillemans, goal of Brentford, just about shades, all the rest. And and as Ian rightly says, you, you know, you speak Madison, he's got a couple of nominations in there, free kick, the goal, the, the, the one he bends in the far corner at Randers, Harvey Barnes' goal at Leeds, Tillemans against Manu, Tillemans against Brentford, and there's one or two others. I, I know I miss, I th- even Dewsbury Halls, was it against Palace? Yeah. Yeah, the one against Palace I thought was a great goal. A, a really clever, smart finish. But yeah, for me, Tielemans against Brentford. I mean, that had the wow factor, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. You know, you talk about certain goals where you go, God, how's he pulled that off? Or, Jesus, what a bit of skill that was. But that goal at Brentford had the wow factor. I mean, that was just hands down. People off, people off their seats, you know, wow, where's he pulled that from? That's incredible. So I think, yeah, Tillemans against Brentford. Tony? Well, the boys had touched pretty much on everything, Dan. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone will be looking forward to seeing the, the goals. I, I, I'll take it they're going to show all the goals before they announce the winner. What, what competition is going to be? I've said many, many times, same as you, and the, the standard of goals, some of the goals that have scored this season has been absolutely incredible. I agree with the boys about Tielemans one, but just to just to try and pick another top because I think that will be in the top three as another top three goal. I think Harvey Barnes goal at Leeds. Mm. I really really enjoyed that goal. I remember the morning after, and you know I think it was a flick from Amate, and he gets it and he lines it up as I spoke about before, opens his body. And if you'd have said to Harvey, go and put it in the go and put it the stand at the net, put it exactly where you would like to put that. That is where the ball went. It was an absolutely phenomenal goal. There's some brilliant camera angles, which I showed, hope they show for everyone tonight. So I really enjoyed that goal, but I think it's going to be really, really tough. Harvey Barnes for me, but I think it could well be Yuri Tillemans with the Brentford goal. Uh, yeah, just as I said, keep your eyes peeled this evening for who wins what for the Foxes this evening. Uh, quickly, can you pick your results that caught your eye then? Uh, at the weekend, Tony, you were travelling. Jerry, you and you and were, were both working. So, you and you can go first. I'm going to go for um, West Ham two, Man City two. Um, as as you know, Dan, I'm a closet Liverpool fan, and it, that that result just keeps our slight hopes uh, of the quadruple alive. I mean, it's still going to be nearly impossible for us to catch Man City, but you know, fair play to West Ham. Uh, fantastic in that first half. Great penalty save from Fabianski. Uh, so, and I looked at Man City's games and I thought that was the one where they could slip up and they nearly did. But, you know, it was a, it was a great result for West Ham and, and, and Jared Bowen at what season he's had, by the way. Uh, Tony's probably stolen your pick, has he? Well, perhaps Tags want to, might, might want to go. Let, let's, let Tags, I don't want Tags getting angry. Tags, you go on, you go first. <clears throat> uh, well, I'm going to go for Leeds. Yeah. Against Brighton, 92nd yeah. minute or something like that. Leeds equalised yeah. against Brighton. Good, good Brighton, great away form this season. Uh, and you'd have thought when they took the lead, I think it was in the 21st minute, they were going to see that through. But Leeds, somehow, <clears throat> as I say, an injury time, end of the game, managed to salvage a draw. And it's looking very, very tasty at the bottom uh, of the table. So at both ends of the table, you know, there's a pure scrap going on for what obviously one for the title and two to avoid relegation. So that point for Leeds 
I'll certainly put the cat amongst the pigeons. And obviously, it's on my doorstep, so I wouldn't mind him staying in the league. <laughs> yeah, and following nicely on from that with the relegation scrap, um, I did manage to see the last half hour of the Everton-Brentford uh, game, so a huge disappointment for Everton losing that. They've got a chance to redeem themselves. They're at home to Palace, I think, in midweek. If they win that, they're going to stay in the Premier League, which I think will be a great achievement, and I'll be absolutely delighted for Frank Lampard. Um, probably one other just... Uh, other key result was probably the Spurs-Burnley game because that gives Spurs a real chance of finishing above Arsenal. Arsenal got Everton last game, so there could be a, a little bit for both teams on that. And obviously a, a big loss for Burnley as well. You know, Burnley have got, uh, I think they've got a game in hand, haven't they, Burnley? Yeah, they have. So, you know, they, they've got a chance to, to stay up as well. But it's going to be fascinating to see who, go, who gets relegated. You, it's, it's very hard to call at the moment, I think. Maybe slightly just Leeds, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, well, I'm going to make you all uh, make that call in a minute. I think if the general consensus is Man City comfortably favourites for the title still. Sorry, Tony, but Man United probably just about favourites for that sixth spot. So the, the two no, things... No, 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 Dan. Man United have got Palace away. So um, um, I can't see Man United beating anyone at the moment, even the dog and duck. So I think <laughs> and, and, and Manchester United have to win... The, the biggest problem for West Ham is they're away at Brighton and Brighton are in really good form at the moment. I think it's more about Brighton-West Ham. I can't see Manchester United winning at Palace because if they draw or lose and West Ham win, then West Ham will get sixth position. So it's going to be fascinating. But I think it's more about the Brighton-West Ham game than Man United because I think they've been really poor, Man United. OK. Uh, Tottenham or Arsenal then? One word answer, uh, Tony Cotty, for that fourth spot. Tottenham. Jerry. Uh... Yeah, I'll go Tottenham. Ewan? Tottenham have got Norwich last game of the season, so I'm going to go Tottenham. Right. And then finally, although Arsenal have got that game in hand as well tonight, but you never know yeah. what might happen. Um, same again, just one word answer from each year, starting with Ewan. Burnley, Leeds or Everton? Leeds. Sorry, Tags. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, Burnley. Because I don't, I'm fed up with getting myself into scrapes when I'm up there with Burnley fans. <laughs> sorry, tags. sorry, tags. Leads for me. Uh, I think it's really, really difficult for Leeds to survive now. I think. Yeah. Right there we go. We'll find out. Well, whoever's on this time next week, then we can look to see who was right and who was wrong. Um, right, football Jenga time for the the penultimate time this season here on on Extra Time. With it being the end of season award nominations, uh, I want you to name anybody who was in the nomination list for LCFC men's player of the season. So that basically means anyone that was eligible to play for the first team at any point this season. So there's 40 players to choose from. So I'm hoping we get at least a few rounds um, between you. So yeah, anyone that was eligible to play for the Leicester first team this season. Um, you and Roberts, kick us off for us, please. Casper um, Michael. Yeah, Jerry. Ray Ward. Ricardo. Jamie Vardy. Uh, Johnny Evans. <clears throat> Bafana. Amati. Uh, Castagna. James Shasty. 
Luke Thomas. Oliver Brighton. It's hard to remember what we said. Mendy. <laughs> Unity Tillemans. Indeedy. Madison. Dewsbury Hall. Samari. Harvey Barnes. Oh. Yannick Vestergaard. Uh, Ian Acho. Pat Sundaka. Lookman. Jakubic. Good one, Tags. Um, I can't remember if we said it or not. Bertrand. Have we said Timothy Castagna? Yeah. We have. You're right. right. <coughs> we the have. That, that, that was actually a question. No, no, I wasn't. How have, have we said that's a question? No, I've got. Dave, come on, Dan, be strong. Tony and Jerry, I'll let you between you pick whether you want Ewan still in or not. <laughs> no, get him, mate. He wins everything. Yeah, right, <laughs> you're out. They've spoken. Let, the majority let them win one. Let, spoken, I'm afraid. Let them, let them win one, Dan. <laughs> Right, that means it's Jerry head to head with Tony then. Whose goal is it? It is yours, mate. Oh, right, Tags, I ain't got much left. Uh, Lewis Brunk. Good answer. Good answer. It could be. Is there any obvious ones, Dan? There's going to be in there. There's, yeah, there's a few obvious yeah. ones still, yeah. yeah. I can't remember whether he said it or not. Amate, did we say? Yeah, we've got him, I'm afraid. Right, Jerry, just one to win it then. Well, I, 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 I did. No, you, you got win it. Tony had to level up. We always with his say one, one to win it. Come on. Tony had to level up with his answer. I've won you've it. You've got one in the. Tad, you know you've got one in the lock. You know you've got one. Don't play to the audience. Lewis Brunt was my banker. <laughs> uh, okay. Right, I have got one actually. But I can't remember. <laughs> silver. Is it silver? The little Gold. winger to come on. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're thinking of, you're thinking of Alves, aren't you? Alves! Oh, yeah, Pires. Well, Pires. We haven't said Pires, have we? The Yosi Pires? No, yeah, yeah. Well, technically, Jerry was right. T yeah. Tony did go last, so he had to sort yeah. of level up to Give us a bone, Tex. Go on, then, Jerry. Boom! <laughs> 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 yeah, a couple wins in a row for Jerry, that is. So, yeah, yeah as, as I'm on says, fire. You missed the Jose Perez. I'll run you through the list. Uh, Will Alves, Sammy Braybrook, Hamza Chowdhury, Vontae Daly-Campbell, Ola Ewing. Shane Flynn, Ethan Fitzu, Wanya Marcel Madavadua, Casey Makatea, Ben Nelson, Chituri Odunze, Tanawat Suen Chitawong, so mainly obviously they're yeah. all the, the development squad players, Jakub Stolarsic and Kagla Soyunchu as well. Soyunchu. Mm. Which, which is probably the biggest of the ones uh, left that, that you didn't Brain get. freeze. We had a bit of brain freeze. <laughs> Old age tags, that's gold. Yeah, that's it. Uh, when the <laughs> pressure spills and the, the, the brain fog comes in. You and Roberts is going to be furious all week. That I'll feel it, feel it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, well, thank you very much uh, to the three of you. So, um, yeah, find out tonight at the end of season awards. Then they were all the nominees of who potentially could win the LCFC men's player of the season. The general consensus, though, from our pundits is that it's either going to be Keenan Dewsbury Hall or James Madison. So we'll find out tonight, of course. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday for Leicester's uh, second-to-last game of the season, their last away game away at Chelsea. So join us from 6.30 for that. Tony Cotty will be there on commentary duty for us. Jerry will be working. Ewan having a rare game off for us. Uh, I'm sure he'll be working somewhere else at some point this week, though. But we'll, uh, we'll see you when you're all next on anyway, gents. I, I do appreciate you coming on as ever.